Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Hello, Jeff. Here we are. Yes. It is Monday at 12.15. We are on people's screen. And today we're going to talk about what and who do you want in your inner circle? An interesting question. That is an interesting question. I'm excited to get into this topic today. Yeah, it's um, one that, um, as I was looking at it when I was, um, you know, kind of putting my thoughts together, I'm like, why did we write what before who? And I don't know that I have the answer to that question. I don't know. It just seemed like the thing at the moment. But it's one of those things where making an intentional decision and knowing what you need and how you're going to get there by answering these questions can really have you um, spending your time with a lot more in intentional value than just <clears throat> going with the default all the time or um, not thinking about what it is that you need and accepting the first thing that comes along. Yeah. Which is something that we don't want to have happen as we create the Inflection Point Hub. When we are creating this community, we're being really intentional about the type of people that we want to have in our community and making sure that we're serving the right people. So that's what we want to talk about today. And I want to make an invitation. I mean, we got almost a whole two minutes in before we say, hey, if you're here with us today, let us know by typing in the chat, say, hey, we'd love to have you interact with us by using the chat as we go through this conversation. But if you're not here, Jeff and I can talk to each other and provide a lot of good value for you, even if you're watching this live stream later on. <clears throat> so um, we want to make sure that people are thinking about people choosing a community that fits their needs and being surrounded by people that build them up, give them honest feedback and help them grow into their highest potential as a leader and as a business owner. That's what the Inflection Point Hub is for, to help small but mighty business owners not only have a thriving business, but have a thriving life because they're a business owner who has all the different parts of their business in alignment, not just their business, but their life in alignment. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on and on. I'm like, wait, wait, back up the bus here a little back bit. Back it up, back it up. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this or not, but this is this conversation that we had with our friend Andrew when we were at lunch with him and he was asking so who do you serve in the inflection point hub and we said we serve small but mighty business owners that are at the point that their business is growing they want to grow their business beyond startup to the next level and he asked us a question that I can be to be honest with you I don't remember what the next question was that he asked us but the answer to the question was that 
the number of people who are in that category of business owners that are beyond startup and they are, are in the process of growing their business is pretty large. I mean, a lot of people start businesses, yeah. but the people that we have a subset of people who are in the startup phase and that subset we have is not only people that not only want to grow their business, but they know that in order to grow their business, they need to grow their leadership muscle too. They have to know how they lead and who they are. And when we build a community of people that are of that space, that's going to make a big difference. And they're going to support each other in a different way than I mean, people who are just about growing the business and they're not worried about their own personal growth along with it, that's okay. They can make that choice. Yeah. But it's a different group of people that not only want to grow their business, but know that in order to grow the business, they have to grow themselves. They need to stretch and expand and um, gain some skills and some understanding of themselves that they don't have yet. Because all of us have things that we don't know yet. I mean, I don't care how old you are. There are things you don't know yet. Sometimes it's a younger person who could teach us the things that we don't know yet. And that is, that is a point of being humble and recognizing that just because you're older than somebody else doesn't mean they don't have something to, to teach you. I mean, you've taught me a thing or two that that's for sure especially if it has to do with anything with processes and systems you've definitely taught me a thing or two we're pushing a rope uphill who's <laughs> going to be the running theme since that was brought up several episodes ago around you can't, you can't push a rope up a hill and my response for those of you just joining us is you can if you put it in the wheelbarrow um so it's going to be a forever running running joke, I think, between us. But, you know, this inner circle thing is, yeah. is such a great topic because, you know, oftentimes I, I hear from business owners that they feel lonely at the top. Yeah. It's, you might have things that you don't necessarily talk about in your business with people that work for you for right. reasons. If you're worried about revenues or other thing, you know, you don't want to make that, uh, kind of that fear, you know, with your team or just other issues and challenges going on in the business. And then I think the same is, you know, when you think about your inner circle with family members and spouses, significant others, and, you know, the people that are in kind of your inner circle, maybe in your personal life that you right. try to talk to, you know, if they don't own businesses, sometimes they don't understand it you know, and don't really understand and get. And I think that's the really great point about how intentional that will, that we are being with the hub um, is to try and get, you know, these inner circles kind of set up from people that over time can develop that, that trust and have kind of that understanding and knowledge sharing, you know, within yes. the hub is so, so, so important. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, always a little piece of me seems to die when I hear a business owner say that's just so lonely for me because it doesn't have to be. Um, I love that you said that. It doesn't have to be. that. That's another piece of intentionality. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that don't recognize 
that there's the possibility of building a community or joining a community um, of other business owners so that together you can walk through these things. And if they don't, yeah, they. I love the fact that you said a piece of you dies because they, they don't recognize that because it is, it does make you sad when you hear that person thinking that they, that there's not an option for them out there yeah. because there are options. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to know where, where to look to get so through. And I think some of that goes back to a little bit around, you know, who do you typically hang around with? Not saying you should replace people that you hang around with, with a different group <laughs> or type of people, right? But if you're not with like-minded business owners, you know, or if you're friends with, you know, a business owner that's 10 years ahead of where you are and their business is more in the mature phase, there's probably a lot you can learn from them, but it might be difficult to relate some of your things to what they're facing. And, you know, the market changes over the last 10 years might look very different on the challenges that, you know, this friend faced versus what you're facing right now as a business owner. And I think that that's something that, you know, really thinking about who is in that inner circle, you know, that that far outer one is kind of acquaintances, you know, people that you know, that you might talk to about challenges and, and things, right. And then there's kind of a, a next ring in, you know, that's probably people that you know, a little bit more than an acquaintance, maybe it's other business owners that are in the same market, or you're in some industry groups with that you mm -hmm. share knowledge at kind of an industry level, but you don't necessarily open up and air all the dirty laundry necessarily. <laughs> True. Having an business yeah. and how you're acquiring customers and whatnot. And then there's this, you know, true kind of, you get to this inner circle that's really about, you know, who are those people that, that you really trust, you know, and they might be in different industries. You know, there's a lot you can learn from, from peers, even that are outside of your direct industry. You know, what are the transferable pieces of what are the transferable skills and um, knowledge based kinds of things that you could do? Absolutely. Transferable. That was the word I, I it was escaping me. I'm like, so look, we're on the same wavelength today. I'm like, yes, transferable. You know, Watch out, world. I know it's scary, a scary thought. But those yeah. transferable type issues or skills across, you know, there's a lot, a lot that you can learn. Absolutely. And so when we think about the who part of this question, I'm, I'm flipping what we talked, you know, we said we were going to talk about what and who. Instead, we're going to talk about who and what. I'm just flipping it because we can. Um, but you were mentioning that it could be people in similar um, markets. It could be or similar uh, kinds of industries. Most people are not going to want to be in a local um, advisory group, peer advisory group, or inner circle with their competitors. I mean, hello, that's called collusion, you know? <laughs> it's either called collusion or why don't you just hand them the keys to the, to the business? So yeah. one of the two. One of the two. But there are other kinds of inner circles, and I've heard about them in the construction industry, where there are people who have similar businesses across the country. So they're not in the same markets, but they 
are in the same industry, kind of in the same vertical, so to speak, and they mastermind or they have a peer advisory group within their industry, but people from markets across the country where they learn from each other and then figure out how to apply that in their market. So that's a very different animal. Um, That's not what we're doing in the inflection point hub. We're not saying that somebody can't be in the same industry and be in our group, but most likely we're going to self-select out of that because it just makes life more complicated. Or you may be in the same industry, like for instance, they may be in the insurance industry, but it's somebody who focuses on health insurance versus somebody who um, focuses on home and auto insurance. Those are very different. Though the word insurance is in both of them, they're very different marketplaces. Yeah. So that's um, one way of thinking about it. The type of business owners, the stage of business that um, the companies are in. I mean, we've, we've alluded to the fact that we work with small but mighty business owners who are in the growth stage of their business. They're not in startup. There are other people who will start up businesses. We, that's not our space. We're not working with people who are um, in mature businesses. That's not where we're focused at this point in the game. Age may be something where some people look at their inner circle. Um, personally, I see the age part of it as having a variety of ages is really valuable because we can all learn from each other. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one, there's a a huge learning opportunity. You know, when I think about people that are in my inner circle that are older than me, people that are in my inner circle that are younger than me. I mean, there's stuff that I learned from both sides, you know, and then even people that are kind of in my same age group, you know, there's, there's so much that you can learn within that, just that age dynamic on, you know, they say what wisdom comes with age, you know. So. I like to think that. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> You're very wise. Um, and I'm more of a wise ass most of the time. <laughs> well, you know, it works. That was a good one, Jeff. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> But I think you're discounting yourself really, Jeff, from that standpoint, because there are there are things you bring to the table that I don't have. <clears throat> now, part of that is because of the fact that we just our interests in where we focus our energy and our attention for business is different. That's yep. part of it. But it's also a difference in um our experiences and what we bring to the table that you bring wisdom that I don't have. And I bring wisdom that you don't have. That's the beauty of building this community in this inner circle. Excuse me. And then there's the perspectives um, side of it that people in different businesses, different um, industries bring different perspectives because of who their customer is and how they go to market and I mean, different industries go to market in different ways. And is this um, somebody that deals with a a consumer product? Is it somebody that's got a B2B product? Those are very different ways of going to market. You know, and the other perspective thing that I think is really interesting is uh-huh. not from the business, but 
what I'll call life, um, life experiences that two people mm -hmm. can live through a similar event, but both have very different perceptions based on their interactions with that event. Um, you know, whatever that event is, both personal, personal and business. And I think those are, you know, sometimes that's where I've benefited from significant learning from others <laughs> been through similar things, but our kind of lived experiences with this common thread were two very different things. And it, it's really kind of a, I don't know, an enlightening way, you know, it opens your eyes to other perspectives that you might not have realized because you didn't, you didn't exactly fare that way in that situation in whatever it is. And it's some of the, for me, some of the really good learnings over the last couple of years have been people that have had very different, I'll call it lived experiences than what I had. And then like, oh, wow, I never, I never would have thought of that or even considered that mm -hmm. my thinking. And I think that's another one that's, that's really important to have. That is a really good point. And probably the most obvious in the last few years has been people's experience of the pandemic because I mean there's the whole political side of it that we're not going to even open that Pandora's box but the and it's just a sad commentary that we have to deal with the political side of a pandemic but the the um you know the essential businesses that kept going versus the businesses that got shut down yep. and then they had to figure out how to open back up and how to be safe when they open back up versus businesses that kept going, but they sent everybody home and had to figure out the technology. We have had so many different experiences of this whole thing. And then there were the people that had children and they had to figure out how to do online school while they were still working. <clears throat> it's really the perspectives of that. You could fill a book yeah. with the number of different ways that people have had to have had have experienced that in so at so many different levels that is so incredibly true like you know i learned that teachers a don't make enough money and b i'm not cut out to be an elementary school teacher or a principal for that matter <laughs> <laughs> like not at all i remember my daughter telling me i can't wait to go back to school because you're not a good second grade teacher well there you go there you go <laughs> but and, and did you tell her, this is true, and that's why I'm not a teacher, and I do other things, and right. send you to people who know how to be a teacher. Thank you very much. I tried to tell her I was the, the principal. <laughs> She's like, you make a bad principal, too. <laughs> yeah, sometimes kids are way too painfully truthful with that. Yeah. I mean, thanks a lot for keeping it keeping it real. Yeah, well, you know. That, that, that is the role of our children in our lives, just for yes. the record. <laughs> and it just changes its form over time, let me tell you. Yes. But we just, we're just going to leave it at that. That's where we're going to leave that. Yes, we are. That sounds like that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> that we're not going to do because there could be some stories told that I would have to d distance myself from. <laughs> we are not interviewing people's children. No, we are not. <laughs> huh. All right. I'll have to. <laughs> if I can meet your kids one day and do an off-the-record interview. I'm sure there would be stories told, but that's beside the point. So 
we've kind of talked about who you want to have in your group and just to put in a little bit of a plug for the inflection point hub our group is one where people have to make an application to be to become part of the group and the reason for that is to make sure that the people in our group are a good mix together yeah. we don't want to pull one person into the group that is not going to be a good fit with everybody else. Now, granted, I mean, you might have something where um, somebody slips through the cracks, so to speak, but having an application process helps you to identify people who are trying to go in the same direction, whose um, mindset about business is similar. Let's phrase it that way. Excuse me. <clears throat> so then there's the, that's the who part. And then there's the what part. And there are so many different kinds of communities out there. There are communities that are roundtables. There are communities that are peer advisory groups, which is what we're calling ours, how we're defining ours as a peer advisory group. Yeah. There are communities that are masterminds. There are communities that are um, online. They call them coaching groups, but they... Um, <laughs> Oh, okay. Tommy, good to hear from you, my friend. So, in the chat, sorry, uh, Tommy just chimed in that we had the best partnership for four years and the shared role in continuous improvement. And that was uh, that was my sidekick for four years. Uh, we were together. I owe you a text, Tommy. I'm going to jot that down right now that I need to text you when we get off. Hey, Tommy, you and I need to talk because I have a feeling there are stories. Actually, I'm I'm sure there are tons of them. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he has tons of stories to to share on things that I've uh, that I've done. Yeah. Well, based on the fact that I have enough stories already, Tommy and I can just compare notes. We'll just <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, Tommy. It's good to have you with us. Um, so all these different kinds of groups, uh, they're set up, you know, ever so slightly differently. They may offer different services. Some of them are just peer related. <laughs> Some of them are, um, they may provide different speakers. Some of them um, could have um, like as an example, one that we are going to do in our hub is have an annual planning process that we do in the later part of the year so that people can have that intentional structured time to focus on their business planning coming out of 2023 and going into 2024. That is something we know we're going to do in the hub. We have um, curated speakers that are focused on people in the growth stage of their business, as opposed to having people from all over the map. Those kinds of things are important to know what's going to be the best fit for you from that standpoint. Yeah. So, Jeff, I was thinking about... Um, where we've been, obviously, you and Tommy have been in a continuous improvement process, but that was in a uh, major corporation, Fortune Fortune 50? Are they Fortune 50 or are they Fortune 100? Fortune 100. Okay. Or where they're at. 
Okay. So how you would do continuous improvement in a Fortune 100 company looks very different than how you would be focused on processes and systems as a small but mighty business in the growth phase. Yeah. For so many reasons, not the least of which is the resources available to you to do continuous improvement. I mean, there's no comparison. Yeah. From a data perspective. Yeah. There might be things from Six Sigma that you can apply to your small but mighty business, but the reality is it doesn't fully translate. And I'll let you speak to that kind of thing because um, I just get myself in big trouble if I start talking about that stuff. So I was wondering. (laughs) Yeah, I remember at one point, and that is true. I mean, a lot of these things for major corporations look different. Some of the principles still apply, but how you would put them in to a small but mighty business looks very different than a Fortune 100, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 company, you know, that has probably... Mm -hmm more people, resources, data, um, you know, mainframe systems to extract data out of, you know, it's just a very different, um, a very different approach where sometimes with the small business, it could be, you know, setting up um, a very simple way to collect some data to try and get a baseline going versus, you know, a much larger company, you can usually get time data and things right out of the platform that people are working in. You know, some small businesses might have, you know, different data elements depending upon what they're using, you know, in the market, but they tend not to have the big enterprise solutions that a lot of the big companies have, um, right? So there, there could be things like, you um, I don't know. I've seen things like Asana for project management, mm-hmm. um, for time tracking on the, you know, there's a number of different things that really large companies typically wouldn't buy that. They're looking for software that, you know, thousands of people can use instead of maybe a hundred, you know, under a hundred, we'll just say. Right. Exactly. In the small business thing. So I think that, you know, there are a lot of a lot of differences and things that you've got to consider. And sometimes it's taking what I'll call the tools in the toolbox and figuring out what makes sense and what needs to be applied to get to the the end goal of that business owner. You know, so that's a little bit about the what around the process and systems where, you know, if you join a, a much larger group, the way that you might go about doing that is going to look very different than a- That's true that's that's really focused like we are on small but mighty mighty business owners that are looking to grow you know in this this range those types of what's look very different and you know bringing it back to the curated speakers that's the same thing we've been working with and have a number of great people lined up to be in there that work specifically with businesses that are in this small but mighty and and growth phase and you know they've taken their I'll call it their craft of whatever that is. Mm-hmm. They really understand that market and have tailored kind of a niche for themselves in that market and supporting, you know, specifically that market, which I think is is really important. That's really true. And when when we have when our um, curator resources that are focused on small but mighty business owners when they make that choice to work with people at that stage, 
they they just like we do are looking for what are the needs of those business owners they're not trying to make you fit into their pigeonhole of the bigger that they usually do they're not like they don't look at you as the redheaded stepchild of the people that they work with yeah <laughs> not that redheads are should be you know denigrated like that Jeez, louise <laughs> but yeah. Let me see you make out of this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, open mouth, sure. change feet. Okay. Anyway. My own shovel and start digging. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what I was trying to say is when you're working with professionals, with resources that work with business owners of your size, you're, you're their bread and butter. They want to work with you. You're not an afterthought to them. They're actually looking to you as being their person they desire to work with. Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be awesome? I've actually had a, um, this is a person that I was um, working on a project with, a, a nonprofit I was working with her on a nonprofit um, project and she was talking about that they'd hired a PR firm to do some work for them. She's the business owner and they'd hired a PR firm to do some work for them. And they were really having some challenges with getting the PR firm to respond to them. And it's not, they were not small potatoes in the area they were in. Yeah. They were a unique niche business in the um, market that they were in. But this PR firm, they didn't see my friend's business as being a high priority to them because they had bigger fish that they were doing most of their work for. And so guess who got the leftover time at the end of the day? This is not where any of us want to be. If we can find somebody who specializes in our area. That's the key. Yeah. That so, <clears throat> so, so important. And, you know, to some degree, I'd say shame on that PR firm for not knowing what, what their niche was or their ability to deliver for a client. So even if they serve, you know, nonprofits or let's just say, for example, uh -huh. shame on them for overcommitting, it sounds like or chasing the almighty dollar versus really looking at what was best for that client. If that, if that particular client was too small, you know, for them, or there, you there's things were too unique, right. That just didn't fit in a cookie cutter solution that the firm may or may not have yeah. on the shelf that they pull off and rinse and repeat. <laughs> That's a really good way of looking at it. And, and you need to know that. Are yeah. you, that actually the cookie cutter pull off the shelf, rinse and repeat. Is that what you're looking for in a community, in your inner circle? Or do you want somebody that values the unique, bring it together with the, the group, build a community together kind of situation? Because that's a very different way of coming together. Yeah. So what we're doing is we are facilitated because you, Jeff, and I are going to be the facilitators of the group. So 
and we're paid facilitators. So it is our job to make sure that this happens as opposed to having a volunteer situation, which those can work, not saying they can't, but it has its own set of challenges versus an off the shelf one that is um, almost a franchise operation where they have a set curriculum and calendar that is developed by somebody else. Yeah. But we're not that. We are not. We are boutique. We are niche. And we are ready to go. Yeah, that that we are. Yes. So if you are a small but mighty business owner looking for an inner circle of people that have a similar mindset to yours, that they want to grow, they know that they have to stretch themselves in their leadership in order to grow their business, we would love to have you look at applying with us. And the way to do that is to go to inflectionpointhub.com. You will find an apply now button, follow that, and that will take you to where you can um, apply for membership. We would love to have you with us. I'm going to say one more thing, and that is next week, Jeff is dissing me and going skiing. I am. And I told Rhonda I would not be joining from the ski slopes out west on an iPhone or iPad. Uh, I'm highly insulted. So, yeah. So that means we're taking a slight one-week break. You're taking a one-week break. I'm not. Instead, what I'm doing is bringing on somebody who's been on the podcast before. Teresa McCloy was on a couple months ago, talking about her new book, Do What Matters. But she's coming back on the live stream because, <laughs> Tommy, I really like you. We need to talk more. <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, definitely uh, dissing on you about the fact that you're going on the slips and letting me leaving me by myself, abandoning me to my own thing. But it's okay because Teresa's coming on with me. And Teresa and I have been in a couple of communities together. Teresa has created her own community that I am part of. And so we are going to explore that whole thing in next month, next month, sorry, in next week's live stream. So Jeff's leaving me. Teresa's coming in. I got it all covered. <laughs> yeah, you've got it all squared away. I was going to say that probably makes uh, Tommy feel like the time that we were at a team building thing canoeing. And I okay. sat back of the canoe and didn't, <laughs> didn't steer or anything. I let him do all the work. Um, for quite a while, and then we were running into the bank and things because I was not guiding the back of the the boat. It was quite comical. Uh, I bet Tommy thought it was incredibly funny. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he did. So how did that build the team? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we got a good laugh, a good laugh out of it. I'm sure you did, absolutely. Okay, well, it's been great, Jeff. It was a yeah. great um, conversation today. I hope we have caused some people to think a little bit and um, enjoy your ski trip next week. I'm going to be enjoying a conversation with Teresa McCoy. I know. And I'll catch it on the replay. Since there I'm you go. Able to be there live. Absolutely. All right. Hey, everybody, have a great week. We will see you next Monday. 
and I'll see you the following Monday. Yes, you will. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you want more resources similar to this, follow our LinkedIn company page. Just search for Inflection Point Hub on LinkedIn and follow us there.